Hello and welcome in to the mashup, your number one source for sports gaming and everything in between. I am your host, Jake Patterson, and holy crap, got a loaded show today. Very, very loaded show because I've been off for a week and a lot happened. There's a lot to talk about. And the big one is the CDL. In its first season, we have our first ever champions, the Dallas Empire, are your inaugural CDL champions. And in pretty dominant fashion, too. Like, I was riding Atlanta straight through to the end. I really thought it was going to be them. And then finals happened. <laughs> Heck, winners finals happened. And they won that, sent Atlanta to the loser bracket where they went on to beat Chicago for a rematch with Dallas, which Dallas won in very convincing fashion. <laughs> but now that it's been about a week, that's kind of old news. But still, congratulations to the Dallas Empire, your first ever COD League champions. Now, I know people have won CWL. Like, CWL was a thing. I'm not erasing CWL's history, but this is the first year of franchising. This is the first year of CDL. They are the inaugural CDL champions. And well-deserved. They've, they've been one of the best teams all season long. Uh, at first, it was Atlanta and Chicago, and then Dallas immediately, like, okay, no, we're good, too. <laughs> It took them a little while longer than Atlanta and Chicago for everyone to really click, but they're champions now, so it doesn't really matter. And I, I'm glad. They're, they were a good team. They provided some very interesting storylines, and I'm excited for uh, what they are going to do in uh, in Black Ops Cold War. Without Clayster, <laughs> because... Just like a day or two after they won the championship. It's like, oh yeah, well, uh, we're switching to 4 on 4 next year. So, uh, by Clayster, one of the best COD players of all time who just helped us win a championship. You're done. And I mean, I get shrinking down to 4v4 because that's what a lot of old school CODs fans want. They wanted the game to go back to 4v4. Because 5v5, they it messes with spawns. It's it's complicated. Like, I get the desire to go back to 4v4. What I don't get is the owner's uh, desire to, and the league's desire to, go back to 4v4. Because they want to, A, pay less people. Because that's, that's one contract. Gone. That's one starting position salary gone from every team's payroll. And after this year where teams weren't making money on land events after the first month of the season, basically like, well, now we're screwed. <laughs> and I still think because there are still rumors floating around that Maybe the CDL is going to expand next year. I think it should. Like, after... I know 2018 and 2022, very different years. 
But after its first season, Overwatch League expanded from 12 to 20. I think the CDL could manage expanding from 12 to 16. Because really, if you go from 12 to 16 and you drop the roster size and the competition of the game to 4v4, you know how many active starting spots that adds to the league? Four. You're adding four new teams and it adds a grand total of four extra players to the total number of starters in the league from this season to next season. Like four players because 12 teams of five is 60, 16 teams of four is 64. You would be adding four extra overall players to the league. Like that's not diluting the talent pool all that much. Like, these four teams could be made up, well, three of the four teams could be made up of the guys who get cut. And really, like, why not? Like, it would kind of be perfect. Like, that, uh, like the water dogs of the Premier Lacrosse League, where that is every game is a revenge game? Like, why not have that be a a thing? Like, why wouldn't you want that? That's that's super interesting storylines. And getting more teams involved gets you more money. That gets you in four new cities. Because really, are you just going to do LA and Chicago again? Probably not. If you expand, that gets you four new cities. That could give you Philadelphia. That could give you Boston. That could give you Houston. DC. Like, there you go. There's your four expansion teams. All four of those cities have been very receptive to esports. Why are you not expanding? And don't you want an org that is effectively T1 getting involved in the CDL? Because if you expand to Phil, that's who's getting that roster. That's who's getting that franchise. I don't get why they don't want to expand next year. I know what they're doing because they want to have a, a full season of lands. They want to have a full season that runs from March or February to July where you have lands the entire time or January to July, like end of January to end of July. And you have lands those entire six months. Like that's what they want to do because if those go well, which I think they could, they can make franchise spots more expensive for the 2022 season. That's what they're doing. And if that doesn't sound like an Activision move to you, <laughs> you don't know this company. But, I mean, Overwatch League is done expanding. They're not going to expand past 20 for a while. They're, they're not. Like, it's going to be a while before they expand past 20. So, if you want that extra franchise money... You got to get it from the CDL. And what if your plan backfires and no one goes to the lands next season? 
which again, I think is unlikely, but what if your plan backfires and nobody goes to lands next year? What do you do then? Because then you probably still have to expand, but those franchise fees go way down because they're not, they're not seen as, as being as valuable. You don't want that. Like, why are they not expanding for next year? And maybe they are, and are, they're just keeping it completely under wraps. But from what I've seen, it seems like they're not expanding. Why not just expand to 16 for next season? You don't have to go all the way to 20 like Overwatch League did. Go to 16. That adds four extra roster spots to the entire league. It's not like you're going from, from 60 to 80 by adding four more teams in 5v5. No, you're adding four more teams and shrinking down to 4v4. That means you're going from 60 to 64. I think you can handle that. And more teams means more potential to sell merch, more tickets to sell because you'd have to have more home events, and overall, more money because you'd be going into new cities. And if you were smart about your expansion, you'd go into cities that are esports receptive. I already said the names. Philly, Boston, Houston, D.C. Or if you want to do West Coast, Philly, San Francisco, Houston, D.C. Like, you add Philly and D.C., boom. You have an immediate four-way rivalry. Because you have D.C., Atlanta, Philly, and New York, who all don't like each other thanks to baseball. Like, congratulations, you have almost the entire NL East. That'd be pretty good. Actually, you would have the entire NL East because you have the Mutineers. You'd have the entire NL East in, in the COD League. Why would you not want that? That is an easy five-way rivalry. You add Houston, that just writes itself. Them and Dallas would hate each other in a second. Same thing with adding San Francisco. Boom. You got a three-way California rivalry plus Seattle. Why would you not want this? Heck, you add Boston... If, if you if you add Boston, boom, rivalry with New York, boom, rivalry with Philly, boom, rivalry with Toronto, done, instantly. Why would you not want to expand? Like, Overwatch League didn't expand coming into this year because I think they overshot coming into last year. Going to 20 so quickly was a little bold. And it kind of didn't work out. I think going to 16 for the CDL would work out. It really would. I think that would actually work. That That's just one guy's opinion. But I think having 16 teams next year would be very good for the CDL. And this is also the biased opinion of someone who wants a CDL team a little closer to home. Because right now... My closest two options are the Subliners and Atlanta Phase. So it's not even worth 
getting invested from teams from two cities, one of which I've been to three times total, maybe four. Three times total. I have been to New York three times. I've never been to Atlanta. I couldn't cheer for those teams. Now, if Philly got a team, I would cheer for that team. If DC got a team and Philly didn't, maybe. It depends. If if the team drew my eye, maybe they would get my uh, would get my fandom. But Philly immediately, they'd have it. Cuz I know Baltimore's not getting an esports team. That's that's not an esports city. It's just not. I would like it, but Baltimore is not an esports city. There's there's no room. There's no room for them. They because they'd have to get their own venue and who knows where they'd put it. Yeah, that'd be that wouldn't work. Give, give me a Philly team in the COD League and they will have my fandom immediately. But now I don't even know what what's going on with the London Royal Ravens. <laughs> because apparently they might get rid of Scraps and Wuskin? Why? <laughs> you were the only team representing England. You you rep for London. And you have a team full of Brits. And you have two very talented Brits who are basically a cornerstone of your brand. Wuskin and Scraps. Why would you not break the bank to keep them around because they are a perfect fit for your team I know the London Royal Ravens have only existed for a year but Wuskin and Scraps are a cornerstone of their brand now the the British twins like why would you not want to keep them and they haven't been they haven't been kicked yet. They haven't been dropped yet. They they were offered new contracts, and it's a simple yes or no. Like, do they want to sign these? But the fact that it's even a question should be concerning for for Royal Ravens fans. I would want to keep them around because they're very good for that team. They should back up a dump truck of money to both of them. Because, like, without them, they don't go on the playoff run they did. They really don't. Like, those guys were the architects of it. And I know they had zero, too. Like, zero definitely helped. Like, don't get me wrong. Zero definitely helped. But why would you not want to keep Wuskin and Scraps? I, I know the rumors now that, like, there was some mild tampering going on. That the 4v4 rosters already exist. Like, players have already talked. They've already made their 4v4 rosters. And it's just a matter of finding teams to sign them to the money they want. I don't see... Like, I think the Huntsman will mostly stick together. If if nothing else, like, T2P aren't leaving the Huntsman. Scump and Formal, they're staying with the Huntsman. They're, if... The rest of that team is going to change. It's going to be two teams coming to them. God, what if it's what if it's Quavo and Slasher? Just just an optic reunion. 
Just just the ultimate optic reunion on on the Chicago Huntsman. Because I mean, that's what that's what Hector and uh, NRG have really been trying to do since they came together. Like since Hector joined NRG, he's literally just been bringing back optic under under a new brand. But uh, it, it's going to be an interesting offseason because 12 guys are just out of a job. 12 guys are just done as as starters in the CDL. And unless unless they are expanding and those 12 guys do get picked up by, you know, literally anyone, 12 guys are just out of a job. Just like that. Which sucks. Which is why I think they should expand. <laughs> because those 12 guys aren't going to lose starting jobs. Like, other than the guys who retired, like J-Cab, like, like, Clayster could still start anywhere in the CDL next season if he wanted to. And he probably will. He probably will get a starting job somewhere. Someone will sign him. <laughs> could be Atlanta. Could be Chicago. It could be, it could be basically anyone. He probably has pick of where he wants to go. Like unless someone already has a roster made, he could go pretty much anywhere. Like Pristini's probably out in Chicago, <laughs> and I think if he leaves, maybe Arsenis goes with him. So that leaves that leaves two openings on that uh, that Chicago lineup because I don't think Scump and Formal are going anywhere. <laughs> like. They are old optic through and through, and they are one hundred percent going to uh, gonna stick with Hector. Like, if Scump or Formal, if either one of them leave the Huntsman, I will be shocked. Because I don't think either of them are gonna retire. At least not yet. They might in a couple of years, but not right now. And they're not gonna leave Hector. Like they aren't they aren't leaving the Huntsman, those two. I could see Envoy maybe going somewhere else. I could see the other twins, uh Pristini and Arsides. I could see them going somewhere else. But Scump and Formal, mm They are staying right where they want to be. But it's it's gonna be a very interesting offseason. Because the way the way things are progressing, it seems like we can have we're gonna be able to have lands next year. For the uh, for the CDL, and I'm hoping they expand, because if they expand and they come to Philly, that Philly land, I am there. I am there in a second, like immediately. I'm I'm buying tickets the second they go on sale. But uh, yeah, it was it was a great inaugural season, I think. Um, they absolutely turned uh, chicken crap into chicken salad. Like, they had their issues, but most of those issues came from the game, not the league itself. I mean, sure, the league made some dumb decisions about, like, disconnections not leading to replays. But most of that was the fault of Infinity Ward, not the CDL. So hopefully... Modern Warfare 2 that'll come out next year 
won't have the same problems Modern Warfare 2019 did. But for next season, we can just enjoy the hopefully less broken Black Ops Cold War. Because I will give Treyarch this. They have much better map design than Infinity Ward does. So hopefully the pro pool maps will not have god-awful spawns. And by all accounts, this game is going back to the roots of Call of Duty. So hopefully this game this this game will be better. The multiplayer reveal comes out next week, and the beta is not too long after that. So uh, we will know soon enough if the spawns in this game also suck. But uh, yeah, we we shall see. Gonna be gonna be an interesting off season. But uh, up next, Jonathan Holloway makes his return to the mashup to uh, talk some NBA. We'll get into that up next. Here on the mashup and welcome back to the mashup and i had to bring in a friend to uh talk some <laughs> nba joining the show once again I, I may as well kind of call him the co-host now i think i hope to be on more frequently if you would let me oh yeah and with with sports coming back i i, I it's better to have someone to actually talk with jonathan holloway joining the show once again after my much-needed week-long vacation from both streaming <laughs> and doing this show. <laughs> God, I needed that. But it is it is good to be back. And if, if you couldn't tell, I am, in fact, recording this segment first, even though it's going second. Oh, boy. But, uh, I can't wait to get into this. We got, we got some, some storylines in the NBA. My main question is not directed at any players. I've already gotten that out. I've already got my rage at the Sixers and their incredible <laughs> stupidity out. <laughs> now, my rage is directed at the refs. Are you people under the impression that we waited four and a half months to watch you? Because... Uh, we did not wait four and a half months to watch you. We waited four and a half months to watch LeBron James, to watch Giannis, to watch Luca, to watch Kawhi, Kawhi, Le Kawhi Leonard, Jimmy Butler. You know, the people who actually signed the NBA's paychecks, really. Not the refs. I you thought, know... I thought college basketball refs were the only ones who uh, were attention whores in this way, but clearly no, 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 no. it's just as much in the NBA. I, I would like to refute something you just said, because to be fair, most of the refs have been good. Most. Most. There is a specific ref. Scott Foster. <clears throat> I wasn't going to say his name, but yes, yeah, Scott Foster, <laughs> who Scott has been God awful this entire freaking time and whoever the frick was refing the bucks um the bucks and the heat, heat game last night I, so i didn't see the end of the game i was we we had our fantasy draft last night so i didn't have the game up which i should have 
Uh, yeah, I was I was watching Dynamite. Yeah, I yeah. And I saw the I, I saw one replay of the Giannis foul last night, the one who was called on Butler at the end of the game, and I was like, okay, like I can kind of see it, but I only watched one replay. This morning, I woke up and watched five or six replays, and I cannot find a foul. Nope. However, I will also say this. Goran Dragic did not foul Chris Middleton on that three-point attempt. No. At all. No, he didn't even touch him. Dragic was standing straight up. He barely moved. So, in a way, the game ended the way it should have, which was with a Heat victory. But still. But it shouldn't have ended because of terrible refereeing. No. It probably should have ended with a Heat win. They were the better team. And then... Last night. Thunder Rockets. Oh, this one was bad. Explain to me... How Chris Paul... Gets called for a delay of game... While there are people mopping the floor... <laughs> yeah, that's a new one. He was he he was standing up and walking and got called for delay of game while there was somebody mopping the floor in front of Scott Foster. God, that man loves attention, doesn't he? Even the Rockets agreed with Chris Paul. And that benefited them. And that's bad. Yeah. And that's bad. But I also would like to say that the Thunder should not have lost that game. You cannot lose a game when your worst offensive starter gives you 30. Yeah. And shuts down James Harden to only 17 simultaneously. Yeah, you, you should not lose in that situation at all, but I mean, they're the Thunder. You've a Chris Paul triple double. You've got a Lou Dort thirty point game on six for twelve three point shooting. Yeah, I, I saw I saw a few uh, I saw a few jokes I, I saw a few jokes on Twitter. Someone called him Lou Al Sindort. It's pretty great. I. I I'll say this. Those calls in the Bucks game have been called most of the year. Yeah. Doesn't mean they're a foul. Nope. In the playoffs, you swallow the whistle. Let the let the boys play. Yeah. Unless you're Marcus Morris taking an elbow to Luka Doncic's head, but that's yeah, different. That's actually a foul. That is, that is, that is beyond a foul. That is a flagrant because. That is a flagrant too. That's it, what that is. Yeah. Because that was very clearly intentional and excessive. A hundred percent. The first elbow. That's fine. That's fine. You're just going up hard foul. It's the second one that he clearly brings down with the intention of hitting Luka in the head. Yep. Yeah, 
that and oh my god like he's just going, he's just going out there with the intent to like knock out the future face of the NBA. Yeah. Well, uh, face of the NBA is different. I, possibly, but we'll see how that goes. Um, because right. don't forget, there still is Zion. There's still Zion. There's still John Morant. It's gonna be it's not gonna be as good, but there still is Zion. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Luke, I just yeah. ESPN seems to like Zion more than they like Luca, but uh, yeah, ESPN likes Tom Brady more than they like Peyton. That's true. <laughs> and if Peyton had had a little thing called a defense, he would have won more Super Bowls. But anyway, that's <laughs> that's another conversation for another day. <laughs> yeah, but. I still can't believe the Heat are actually up in this series. Like, they're probably going to win. I pick, didn't I pick the Heat to beat I, the Bucks? I think you might have picked the Heat to beat the Bucks, But, but still, I think I said seven. Yeah. This one isn't going seven. This one might go five. Yeah. The, the way the Bucks have been playing, this one might go five if they're lucky. And if that's the case, Giannis is gone hey 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 goodbye Giannis is yeah gone after next season if not traded yeah you 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 brought up the potential of him going to Dallas and that's just disgusting please please go to Dallas Giannis that's just gross that that'd be like please like you could just start you Oh my god! Like you could do, they they wouldn't be they wouldn't be villains or anything, but you could do like full blown like wrestling stable thing. Just call them the League of Nations, pretty much. Because you'd have the the guy from Greece, the guy from Slovenia, and uh, where's Porzingis from? I know he's from somewhere in Eastern Europe, but uh, let me let me get my keyboard here. Look La- Latvia, oh, Latvia, that's right. Latvia, that's right. You'd have yeah. the you'd have the guy from Greece. You'd have the guy from uh, from Slovenia and the guy from Latvia. It's just just call and you them. got a guy from Germany and Maxi Kleber. Oh yeah, and a guy from Germany. Just call him the League of Nations. <laughs> yeah, and like, like Dallas's impressive streak in finding ridiculously talented players from Europe. Even if they weren't the ones who drafted Porzingis, like they still got him on the team now. And it's funny, funny story about that. When they first contacted the uh, the the uh, the the Knicks, they th- do you know who they were actually asking about? They were going for Tim Hardaway. Yep. And then the Knicks were like, "So, what about Porzingis?" <laughs> God, the Knicks are a disaster of an organization. Yeah, yeah, but that's an entirely different topic that we could spend like three plus hours on. Yeah how how much of a like the fact that they alienated their biggest fan like when they just insulted Spike Lee and tried to tried to have him kicked out of the garden yeah if you're the next you do not insult Spike Lee he is the only person who still cares nah. about oh. your god awful team he is legitimately he and he said that on uh, one of the shows he spent like 
two million dollars on Knicks tickets over his lifetime. Yeah. Anyway, why would you make him mad? But that's the thing. The other New York-based basketball team is very quickly heading towards a similar fate. <laughs> I, upon reflection and thinking, so they hired Steve Nash for your deal, Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. There are two outcomes from this, and I don't think there's an in-between outcome from this. I actually, I, I do think Steve Nash will be an excellent head coach. I do. However, not with the Nets. No. Him and just the way he played basketball like as a player, I don't see that meshing very well with Kyrie Irving. No. But the other question is, can Nash garner Irving's respect? And if that happens, the Nets will be fine. If that happens, that's, I don't know how likely that is. I don't, I don't really I don't think, either. I don't, I don't really think it is, but if that does happen, they will be totally fine. If not, this is going to be a complete disaster. 100%. This is going to be another Jason Kidd situation. Yeah. This is. But Nash will have a better career than Kidd as a coach. Oh yeah. Because he's Steve Nash. Like now that he's shown he has interest in coaching someone else is going to try to pick him up if this whole nets thing doesn't work out even if he has even if he has to go to uh even if he has to go to the g league first yeah 100 percent. or be or be an assistant coach somewhere and like he has he has he has experience running stuff like he's He's part owner of um, the uh, the Whitecaps, the Vancouver Whitecaps. Interesting. So he does have experience running things. I mean, owning is different than than coaching, but he has been like in an administrative role with a professional sports team. Yeah. And I mean, coaching in the NBA is no reason to give that up, especially in MLS where all of the owners are actually minority investors who are just managing partners where he's like not the full the full owner of uh of the white caps like the league owns 51 percent of every team really dang did not know that actually yeah mls mls is the uh the majority owner of of every team in the league interesting and the uh and the and the quote-unquote owners are just uh, investors and managing partners. That's actually kind of cool. Yeah, especially for like a like a niche league that was. I mean, I don't think they need to do it anymore, but they've just done it for so long. No reason to uh, no reason to change it. Yeah, no, not at all. But that's the thing. He has. It's weird that he just jumped straight to head coach. Yeah, and. Um... With, like, no coaching experience at even, like, a high school level. It's kind of... Yeah, and uh, something that Stephen A. ironically brought up is, and not to turn this 
political or anything, but just because it's relevant, is that that could be a white privilege thing. Like, to the point of, have we ever seen an, uh, a non-white coach go from zero coaching experience to head coach? I mean... I don't I th think the answer is no. I don't think it's happened before. And it's happened several times in the past, like five to 10 years with like Jason Kidd, Steve Nash, those kind of guys. Yeah. So I, again, I don't want to, I don't want to go any deeper than that, but that's just something Stephen A said this morning. It, um, it could so. be a thing, but I don't, I don't know because a lot of, a lot of the guys who are getting these like immediate coaching jobs, always played the same position. They were always like guards. Point guards. Point guards, yeah. Yeah, like specifically point guards. I I think uh Um Um I think the um I think the big test will be Chris Paul, to be honest. Because I could see Chris Paul getting into coaching. Yeah, um, I could see that. Because he pretty doesn't easily. He doesn't necessarily have the the personality for the booth. Correct, but he's a tack of a smart basketball player, and he pretty much already coaches the Thunder halfway anyway. Yeah, so, um, so I could see him. An excellent head coach, but so but if he and Penny Hardaway actually, I forgot about this. Penny Hardaway is a good example because he was a he was a guard, right? Point yeah. guard, I think. Yeah, he he had he he was forced to start at AAU, and now he's at Memphis, and now he's finally garnering NBA attention. Yeah. So I don't know, I don't know. It's just something Stephen A. brought up. I I don't know how much is actually behind it, but yeah. I mean, Stephen A. likes to just stir stir the pot a little bit. So oh, hundred percent. But I could see. I could see a situation where in the likely event that their current head coach ends up not working out, that Chris Paul goes and takes the job at Wake Forest. Yes, I could see that for sure. I could, I could um, absolutely see that happening. Like, cause they'll probably give this guy three, four years, like one recruiting cycle. And if it doesn't work out, that'll probably line up with about the time Chris Paul would probably start thinking about retiring. Yeah. And I could see a situation where, like, the last time Wake Forest basketball was relevant, Chris Paul was on the team. Wasn't Tim Duncan there, too? Uh, yeah, but Tim Duncan's older. That's right. That, yeah. I actually just thought of that. That's another good example. Duncan had uh, Duncan wasn't immediate wasn't looked at nba head coaching jobs that's true so i don't know it could be a I thing guess. but i i don't know because <laughs> it's so rare for coaches to be players yeah for players to just retired players to just immediately jump to head coach anyway yeah i agree that like if it was a, if it was a more common thing and it was only white guys i would I would say there's something there, but since it's so rare, like it's been what, like six years since the last time it happened. Like Jason Kidd was the last one who went from just like player to head coach immediately. Right. Oh, uh, 
Earl, shoot, what was it? Earl Watson? Watson did it, didn't he? With the Suns. And he was he was African American, so Yeah, maybe maybe not too much. Of a Earl thing. Watson? I think that was his name. He was only there for like a year. Because he ended he up stuck as a head coach. Because he ended up not being a very good head coach because uh the he Suns the Suns don't yeah. know what they're doing. Uh, they're getting it together. They're they're starting to get it together, but for a while there, things were looking pretty rough. But it might all come crumbling down if Booker was out. Oh, if Booker if Booker leaves, they're right back to where they were. And you know where he's gonna go. Where T Wolves? Minnesota. Oh god, that oh man, him on the T Wolves that be. Defensively, that team sucks, though. Oh, that'd be terrible defense. Like against like the full strength Warriors, they'd be screwed. Oh yeah. Against like the full strength Warriors or the Mavs or the Clippers, they would die. But against against a team like the Wizards, who just have no defense, they'd end up giving up like two hundred points. Cat, uh, Cat has done better with defensive wise, um, in recent. Uh, like last year and this year. Um, he's actually putting a lot of effort into it. D'Lo just doesn't seem like he cares about defense. No. And Devin Booker is the same way. He is he is a prolific scorer. Absolutely garbage defender. 100%. <laughs> yeah, that's... So, uh, gu- defending guards would be, a, would be a struggle. Yeah, so if they... I- I'd love to see that team play the Warriors, like the full-strength Warriors with Steph and Clay. Because oh, yeah. it would just be it'd just be a shootout. It'd just be an yeah. absolute shootout. But Steph and Clay would be both. Steph and Clay are actually both good defenders, though. Yeah, Steph is. I wouldn't say Steph is a good defender, but he is a he is a much better defender than everybody says he is. And Clay is one of the best two guard defenders in the league. Yeah, Clay's a very good close. defender, and Steph gets a lot of hate that is totally undeserved. Like he is. He's only six foot so like he doesn't and he, he's not a I, I wouldn't call him a liability on defense oh no like he not can he can do his job on defense but he's not the best defensive point guard in the nba oh no no i mean that's patrick Beverly as much as i hate to admit it yeah by far i hate that i just said that out loud oh i know i, I heard it in your voice you didn't like admitting that I hate Patrick Beverly so much. I mean, he's he's kind of a dirty player. Like he's <laughs> he's he's definitely hateable. Yeah, I really wish I could say Kyle Kyle Lowry was better than him on defense, but I can't. <laughs> Hard to admit that one. But I think <laughs> I think uh, hopefully the two uh, the two Western Conference series actually end up being you know good good. Cause, because uh, that's the thing. The uh, the Eastern Conference series right now are not great. <laughs> I mean, and everybody actually thought the East series were going to be better because, like, you know, you had the Clippers, obviously, then the Lakers. Like, they were going to they were going to win their their things. Everybody thought the the, the Rockets and uh, Jazz series ended up being a whole lot better than most people thought, honestly. Because yeah. everybody thought because. The Jazz didn't have Conley and stuff that the Nuggets would just come out and just wreck them. And then Conley came back and wrecked them himself. Yeah, um, that series ended up being an absolute war. And then Jamal Murray happened. Yeah, um, then Jamal Murray happened. So, I don't know. It's just, 
I I thought the first round Western series would be a bit better than the first round Eastern series is. But I thought the second round East series is were going to be a lot better than the second round West series. Because I thought the, I, I truly think the Lakers and Clippers are going to just steamroll it. Oh, the Lakers and Clippers are going to, the um, Lakers and Clippers are going to roll through these two. So I'm guessing the, the semifinals in both conferences are just going to be hot garbage. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think the Raptors might make it a series. I could see that happening, but I, I, it would not surprise me if the Brooms Miami. Yeah, Milwaukee. I Giannis is not, and Richard Jefferson said this on Twitter. Giannis is not cannot be your number one option. Now, yeah, you sent me that. I, you sent me that tweet. He's Scotty Pippen. Yeah, like he can't. Like, but. Like he's, if you stick him on a team with Dallas, where yeah. he could be two A and two B with Porzingis, yeah. and Luca obviously number one, and that that's a deadly team. That's that's a dynasty, is what that is. <laughs> if you can keep them all three around, and if Porzingis doesn't turn into Yao Ming, yeah, which, yeah, I, right. So far, he hasn't had that much of a problem in that regard, but he's also tall, so. Seven three. Their tall guy's knees are are kind of ticking time bombs anyway. Yeah, and he's torn an ACL and a meniscus now. So. Yeah, hopefully that's hopefully that's not a trend that continues. That's just like a I pray it's not a, a one time thing because he's not he's not that much of a of an exploder. No. So. That's not putting too much pressure on his knees or anything, but you got one ACL tear. If if that starts becoming a trend, he's in trouble. Just a tad. So I don't know. As I'm, as I'm, I, I guess I guess I'm a Mavs fan at this point. As a Mavs fan, I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, just as a general fan of basketball, I don't want that to happen because he's fun to watch, and him and Luca are a really good duo. And if God, if they had Giannis, that's just... They fit together. That's just evil. Like, that's an all-star... You know the t- that's an all-star lineup. You know the terrifying thing is, I think they would use Giannis at the three. <laughs> that's that's disgusting. Because that's... Porzingis doesn't want to play center. Yeah, they would have... And if Porzingis doesn't want to play center, he plays power forward. That's going to put Giannis at small forward unless they put Giannis at center which he could also do but I don't know if he wants to do that yeah I don't know I the lineups will be interesting they could more move for to center but I know he doesn't like to play center yeah um, which is weird for a I guy who's seven foot three yeah that's crazy because they have the second to- they have the second tallest player and the third tallest player in the NBA on the same team yeah, that's just because Bobon and yeah, Porzingis. that's that's just gross. Oh god. Well, hopefully, hopefully the uh, the second round in both conferences ends up turning it around the rest of the way because the first couple of games have not been very good. Well, we don't even have the first game with either the Western Con- Western Conference series. Yeah, they they haven't. They haven't happened yet they're, when we're uh, when we're recording today, this. Right? No, 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 Lakers. Lakers are tomorrow. 
Hold up. Clippers uh, are tonight. Who else plays tonight? Is it Raptors Celtics again? Raptors Celtics is tonight, yeah. So uh, okay. that when this episode comes out, that game both those games will probably already be over. Uh in other news, the Jags have continued other uh, exodus. They just dealt somebody else to the Browns. Oh my god. That... Sorry, I just turned it up. I just saw it. Are they going to have anyone left? Uh, no. They're not going to have anyone left. Why would... I know they already said they're limiting capacity this year to like 15% of full, but they're not even going to be able to fill that up. No, they're not going to have a team. Yeah, Jaguars uh, dealt uh, Ronnie Harrison to the Browns for a fifth-round pick. Good Lord. That team's just gonna third, end up. That team's just gonna end up moving to London. Third starter in five days to be traded or cut. Good lord, what a mess that team is. Hey, they're doing it on purpose. I know, but they they should just. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Shahid Shahid Khan needs to stop running that team because he's doing a terrible oh. job. <laughs> just. Just let Tony take over, dude. Uh, oh, yeah. Just just let Tony take over. He would probably do a much better job running that team than you are. 100%. It's not even close. Like, Tony actually seems like he cares about the city of Jacksonville. Yeah, and he actually does. Shahid does not. <laughs> oh, uh, also, Cam officially won the QB job and is a captain. Well, that's that's Sorry, not too much of a surprise. Things just popped up. up. That's not too much of a surprise. Uh, back to basketball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was actually going to wrap up the uh, the NBA segment and throw it to league, but yeah, that's that's all I got for the NBA. Yeah. Up next, it'll be uh, just me talking uh, talking about some uh, League of Legends. But that's up next here on the mashup. Hey, welcome back to the mashup. Uh, just me again, because uh, back to uh, back to esports and League of Legends, a wonderful, wonderful game that uh, is just about to wrap up its domestic season in North America. We have our three worlds representatives, like. TSM, Liquid, and FlyQuest. They are the three world's teams from North America. We we already know that. They are they are the three teams headed to worlds. It's just a matter of will FlyQuest be the one or the two? And who gets the three out of Liquid and TSM? Because whoever whoever loses that game, like, sure, you lost, but you finished third place. And you're still going to Worlds. <laughs> I think it'll probably be TSM. That's that's my guess is that it'll be TSM because I think Liquid is better than they are. And then you get Liquid versus FlyQuest who that's that's a total toss up because really I expected it to be Cloud9 <laughs> in this situation. But uh, that was not the case. And I mean, FlyQuest is still undefeated. They're they're three and zero, which also 
Didn't really expect that. <laughs> I expected FlyQuest to be good. I expected them to maybe make it this far. But to be guaranteed a top two seed at Worlds and have a very good shot at being LCS Summer Champions and going to Worlds as the number one North American seed when everyone at the beginning of Summer Split thought it was a foregone conclusion that that title was going to Cloud9. <laughs> including me. Like, I am very much including myself with that, that at the beginning of Summer Split, heck, before Summer Split even really started, I thought Cloud9 was going to win the Summer Championship and be the number one North American seed at Worlds. Now, they're not even going to Worlds. And it's the first time they have ever missed Worlds. Think about that. Cloud9 has never missed Worlds until this year. Now, they've never won Worlds, but they've made it every single year. And they were an OG LCS organization, so they have never missed Worlds. That is insane. And, yeah, they completely missed out this year, and it's their own fault. Like, after that 100 Thieves loss, they just... Like, and it was a regular season loss, too. Like, they lost 100 Thieves in the regular season, and they just haven't looked the same since. Which is insane, because 100 Thieves was not very good in Summer Split. They really weren't. They're making steps in the right direction, but they were not ready to do something like that to who was previously thought to be an unkillable juggernaut like Cloud9. But here we are. They're, they missed Worlds, and it all started with that loss. It all started with that loss to 100 Thieves. And now, two of their biggest rivals are both going to Worlds and have a very good shot at winning the LCS Summer title. I think Liquid has a better chance than TSM does because... I mean, only one of them gets it. FlyQuest is already in the finals. So, and I think, like I said, Liquid is better. And I think they're going to beat TSM. And then who knows what happens in grand finals. I think if Liquid... Actually, FlyQuest has beaten both of them already. Like, FlyQuest has already beaten Cloud9 twice. Or no, they already... They have not already beaten Cloud9 twice. But they've already beaten Cloud9, and they've already beaten Liquid. They haven't played TSM yet, but... Like, Liquid's better than C9, basically. They have been all year. So, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? This has been a wacky year. Worlds is going to be in a bubble in Shanghai. I mean, we're going to get, like, six different Worlds songs this year rather than just the uh, the Worlds theme and the uh, the skin song. Like, we're going to get six. <laughs> and it's all going to be Chinese artists. Like, we're not going to know Americans. We're not going to know who any of these people are. I mean, Logic is performing in the, the pregame ceremony for the LCS championship on Sunday. That's going to be... That's going to be interesting. So he hasn't totally given up on music. He's full-time on Twitch now, but he's still gonna... 
he's still going to perform the uh, the opening ceremony. God, that's going to be weird. But it'll probably, it'll probably be a pretty good show. Like, Logic's a talented dude. He makes good music. <laughs> but, yeah, this is... This is not the final three I expected. I didn't expect TSM to be here. I didn't really expect FlyQuest to be here. And I thought Cloud9 would be in one of those two spots. Particularly FlyQuest spot. Like, they would be undefeated. They would be in the grand finals. And they would already... They would be basically guaranteed the one seed at Worlds. Because at the beginning of Summer Split, that's what was going to happen. That's what everyone thought was going to happen. And now here we are... Two months later, two, three months later, and that isn't the case at all. But there is some negative to this year's Worlds. Normally a 24-team tournament, this year it will only be 22 teams. Because the two representatives from the VCS, the Vietnamese League, will not be traveling to Worlds. Because of travel restrictions, they can leave the country, but they won't be allowed back in. Which sucks for them. Especially Team Flash. Like, Team Flash worked their butts off. They won VCS Spring, and they couldn't go to MSI because no one went to MSI. MSI didn't happen. And now, they go and win VCS Summer, and now they don't get to go to Worlds. And now, if everyone missed out on Worlds, that would still suck because we wouldn't crown a world champion this year. If if everyone missed out on Worlds, fine. Like, everyone missed Worlds. But if you're the only two teams that miss Worlds because of your country's more strict travel restrictions, that sucks. Like, they wouldn't have done anything. The Vietnamese teams are always good for, like, the occasional upset in group stages and maybe, maybe something crazy in knockouts. But that's the thing. The VCS is so shallow talent-wise. Like, whenever they get to international tournaments, they get stomped on. Especially MSI. Because, like, oh, yeah, they're up against... you know, Like, if they, if they went... If Team Flash went to MSI this year... They would have had to go up against G2, Cloud9, SKT. Do I need to go on? The best team in the history of Europe. The best team in the history of NA. The best team in the history of League of Legends. Or the best. They're, they're, this year's SKT is not the best ever. But they have... Like, people still were still afraid of Tom Brady. When he got older. And Faker is not past his prime yet. Hey, people should still be afraid of the Demon King. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I feel so bad for, for Team Flash in particular. Because they work their butts off to qualify for both MSI and Worlds. And they don't get to play in either one of them. I mean, sure, they'll probably win spring spring 2021, and they will probably go to MSI. <laughs> but still, 
Like, sure, they're probably going to win the spring title next year because the VCS kind of sucks. But still, it's not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee that they're going to qualify for Worlds next year. They're probably going to, but it's not necessarily a guarantee. And who knows? They could have had their one flash-in-the-pan season where they win spring and summer. And they don't even get to go to any international tournaments to, to rep for the VCS. Like, who knows what they could have done? Like, this year's Worlds is already wacky. The last two World Championships aren't good. The last two World Champions both failed to qualify. IG and FPX both not going to be there. Like, this Worlds is going to be nuts. And it's amazing. <laughs> like, can I, let's see, can I actually see who's qualified for Worlds if I look? Oh, nope, this is last year. Yep, that's last year's. All right, so uh, the uh, the League Esports site is uh, is no help at the moment. Actually, let's see. Can I see the teams who've qualified for Worlds so far? Worlds 2020. Uh, here we go. Participants. Okay, so uh, top esports, top esports, JD Gaming, and uh, Sunning. They are the three teams coming from China. Uh, Fnatic G2 and Rogue coming from Europe. Um, Korea's three spots are up for grabs at the moment. Or these are these are in groups. And then Korea's Korea's spots are up for grabs at the moment. Uh LGD from China also made it in. Mad Lions from Europe, they're in play in. Uh TSM and Liquid, uh PSG. Uh, Unicorns of Love made it from uh, from uh, the LCL from Russia. Which great name, Rainbow Seven and Legacy Esports. So, yeah the the VCS teams the VCS teams aren't aren't gonna get in. Team Flash and GAM Esports. They don't get to play. Which absolutely sucks. <laughs> Cause who knows? They could have made they could have made a run. They really could have made a run. And hopefully next year, hopefully next year they qualify. I think they will because, like I said, the VCS sucks. But in looking at this field, like, they could have pulled an upset. Without, without IG, without FPX going, like, this world is going to be nuts. And if you noticed, there was a name missing from that. <laughs> SKT 
SKT didn't hasn't qualified yet. And I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure they're actually out. Let me let me pull that up again. Cause I think has has all of have all of Korea's spots been taken? No. But LCK Summer 2020 Champion, LCK 2020 Championship Points, LCK 2020 Regional Finals. <laughs> no. They uh they didn't get in. They uh I think they're done. I don't think they can qualify. So SKT, IG, FPX, none, none of them are going to be there. Cuz let me see the uh, the LCK standings because they are. Uh, I think their their regional, yeah, their regional finals are already set. So uh, <laughs> congratulations, everyone else. T one also is not going to Worlds. Like this year's nuts, and it's gonna be great. <laughs> It's in a bubble in Shanghai. Some of the best teams ever aren't going to be there. G2 somehow managed to stave off disaster and actually qualify for Worlds despite their own mess of a summer season. They did better than Cloud9 did. They made it. Cloud9 didn't. But, oh, man. (laughs) Worlds is going to be fun. And I can't wait. But... That's what I've got for uh, League of Legends. Up next, we'll uh, get into Riot's other game. We'll get into some Valorant. All right, welcome back to the mashup and uh, wrapping up the esports talk with some Valorant and the Pop Flash Valorant Invitational, the first North American Valorant tournament to be broadcast from a studio. <laughs> now, the, the games were played online. Like, it wasn't a full-on LAN. But all the casters were in the same building. <laughs> Which is a first for uh, for North American Valorant. That has, that has not happened in North America until this tournament. And, I mean, most of the big teams were there. And the wonderful thing, there were no influencer teams there were no streamer teams it was just basically the eight best completed or almost completed rosters in north america because let's be honest 100 thieves probably not going to be playing in tournaments for a while until they get the rest of that roster sorted out but these these eight these are these are right now the eight best completed rosters or mostly completed rosters, Dignitas, in North America. And, good God, (laughs) Dignitas seems to just be TSM's kryptonite. (laughs) Like, sure, Homeless, Homeless was a good team. And they still are under the Dignitas banner, but I did not expect them to beat TSM. Let alone beat TSM twice and in the first one it was kind of a blowout like 
go go look on Spike GG. Like 13-5 on Haven. Haven, 13-4 on Bind. Both in favor of Dignitas. Because, of course, this happened right after I called Josh Harris the inverse Mark Cuban. So, of course, his esports brand's Valorant team goes and does this. Goes and beats who was previously considered the best team in North America and one of the best teams in the world. And despite their lackluster performance this tournament, losing to Dignitas twice... I still contend that they are. They are still one of the best teams in the world. This was just not their tournament. Because, I mean, the meta keeps changing. And it's going to continue to change as this as this game progresses. Because now we're past the Ignition Series. The Ignition Series is done. No more no more Ignition Series tournaments. There were there were only four in North America. And, and this was the last one, the Pop Flash Invitational. And that was the great part about it. No streamer teams. <laughs> it was just professional Valorant rosters. And, shocker, Sentinels won the thing. Because really, if it wasn't going to be TSM, who else would it possibly be? My God, I can't wait for these two to play each other on LAN. Because, like... The Trash Talk's already been top tier when they're playing online. Imagine when they can actually see each other. And obviously they didn't they didn't get to play each other in in this tournament because they were in separate groups, which again, I think is a good idea. Keep them away from each other so they don't go eliminating each other in group play. But uh Sentinels didn't have to worry about that because TSM lost to Dignitas twice. Uh, I, I still can't get over that. Like, That is insane to me. I, I know Dignitas signed a very good roster. But to beat TSM in the way they did twice. Now, don't get me wrong. They got stomped by Sentinels. As soon as they had to play Sentinels, oof. Because <laughs> 13-0 on Split, 13-3 on Haven. Sinatra, like the maniac he is, absolutely destroyed them. And freaking Shazam. 42 kills across... Uh, across Haven and Split. Haven was where he popped off. Haven, he had 29. <laughs> My God. <laughs> That's just gross. <laughs> that is disgusting. He had 29 kills on Jet. Like, that's that's nasty. That's awful. I mean, Sinatra... Sinatra and him tied on Split. That team is so ridiculously deep. Like, it's it's kind of disgusting. And that's the thing. Poised, the guy who top fragged for Dignitas, he had as many kills as Sick, who bottom fragged for Sentinels, and he played Sage one game. 
So he played a game of Sage, had 21 kills. Total. He had 14 of them on Sage. He, he's clearly not a very good Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, he had 14, and that's the one where Shazam popped off and got 29. But Poised, who also played Sage in, in one of the games. Uh, where did he play Sage? He played Sage also on uh, Split. So they both played Sage on Split. But he, with Breach, that only brought him up to 21. The rest of the team didn't even crack 20. Some didn't crack 10. It was not a good... <laughs> Sentinels were not a good matchup for this newly minted Dignitas roster. And why would they be? They're Sentinels. Them and TSM have been swapping the title of best team in NA for a couple months. And because of that, have also been competing for the title of best team in the world. And I can't, like I've said many times on the show before, I can't wait for them to prove who is the best team in the world. Because they've got some competition in Europe. And I can't wait to see them take some of those European teams on. But for right now, I will settle for their this incredible North American rivalry. And now I know they got 3 out in the finals. And it wasn't super close. It was 13-9, 13-7, 13-8. So that's not terrible. I have seen much worse scorelines. Heck, from Sentinels matches against Dignitas. But Envy, also a newly minted pro team. They were previously known as Together We Are Terrific, which it's a shame they can no longer use that abbreviation. They they have to be Team Envy now. Like, they really performed well at this thing. And they've always been considered a good North American team. Now they just have a name attached to them. Instead of just being a really good amateur team, they're now a really good professional team. And that's the thing. The kill differentials are much closer. I mean, Sinatra had 59. That's just disgusting. But Caboose had 48. So Caboose want to finish second. Like Caboose was second in the game. Or third. Behind Sinatra and Shazam, which that's not fair to compare anyone to because these two were having the tournament of their lives. Like, he would have finished third. Calypso would have actually finished fourth on Sentinels. So, the top two from Sentinels were, or from Envy, were in the top four in terms of kills in the game. So, it's not like they performed poorly. They just ran into a ridiculously talented team who was playing out of their freaking minds. But still, to take a grand total of... What, that's 24 maps? Right? 9, 7, and 8 is 16 plus 8. So yeah, 24 maps. So overall, the map score was 39-24. That's pretty good. <laughs> like, if we're talking three maps, like losing to one of the best teams in the world and one of the best players in Valorant right now. Like, the guy is among the best in the world at two different games in the space of a year. Because if he really wanted to, he could go right back to Overwatch League right now and still dominate Sinatra. Like, 
I have no doubt in my mind of that. If he wanted to go back to the shock for their, their playoff run, which I don't think he could do because I would probably mess up, mess with his contract with Sentinels. But if he wanted to go back to the shock right now and Sentinels would allow it because like there's probably going to be some, some Valorant downtime while it's all hands on deck at riot, riot esports for worlds. If, if he wanted to go back and join the San Francisco shock for their playoff run, he could do it and he would probably help them win another championship. And he's not going to do that because one, the shock don't need him. And two, he said himself, he was tired of overwatch and wanted something different. And clearly the switch has gone very well for him. <laughs> Let's just see his, his map by Mac breakdown. 23 kills on Haven with Sova 23, 14 and 11. That's really good. On bind, he was playing Phoenix 17, 17, 15, and 10. Not as good, but he was still top fracking. So that, and that was the closest series. That was the one that went, or no, that wasn't the closest. First one was Haven. But it's bind, so that's a, that's a more balanced map. It's, it's harder to get kills. And then split. He had 19 on raise, 19, 17, and 6. So his best game was on Sova, but overall that totals up to 59 and 46 with 27 assists, which is good for a KD of 1.28. <laughs> That's absolutely insane. That's like ridiculous. And I mean, Valorant, Valorant is such a fun game. <laughs> I love I love that this game exists now and the rivalry between like former CS players, like true former CS players, like most of the guys on TSM, like Wardell and Cutler, and guys who came from non-CS backgrounds, like Sinatra, because sure, he played CS before he went pro in Overwatch. But I would never have thought of Sinatra as a Counter-Strike player before he before he switched to Valorant. Like, when he made the switch to Valorant, I thought of him as an Overwatch player. I think of him as a Valorant player now because he's ridiculously good at it. And he's somehow become one of the best in the world immediately after switching games. Like, I think of him as a Valorant player now, but he... As far as game background, like what they switched from, he's an Overwatch guy. Like, surely. Because Overwatch League champion. Overwatch League MVP. Overwatch World Cup champion. Overwatch World Cup MVP. He's an Overwatch guy. And I love that rivalry. And I've said it on the show before. That is going to be the undercurrent storyline of Valorant Esports for like the first year and a half. Because guys who are native, like, Valorant players, they're not going to really make themselves known until, like, a year and a half into the game's life cycle. Because they're probably they're probably a little bit young right now. They're probably a little young to go pro. But they'll be there. And it'll be very interesting to see what happens when the guys who came from other games, whether that other game is CS or Rainbow Six or Overwatch, or Fortnite, or PUBG, which 
those guys have had not great results, but you know, like, because it's probably going to turn into a new storyline. All of them versus the guys who exclusively came up in Valorant. Like, they're like 15 years old right now, and it's the first game they're going to get really good at. Because <laughs> they probably played CS, but it never totally clicked with them. And they made the switch to Valorant, and they're going to end up going pro in that. But one other thing that really jumped out at me about this tournament is T1. What in God's name is wrong with them? <laughs> like, they are clearly in desperate need of an IGL. Because none of the guys that they initially signed are really IGLs. They're all very reserved. They're ridiculously talented, but none of them are IGLs. None of them are assertive or like out there enough to really be leaders. And that's been their problem. Like none of them are willing to take charge. And obviously teams need those kind of guys who are just strong, but silent and can pop off at a moment's notice. But you can't have a full team of that. You need an IGL. And Skadoodle hasn't been playing with them for a while. Now, I don't know if they're going to cut him. I mean, if they cut him and he goes to like 100 Thieves or something, oh boy, look out. Because they do have an IGL. And his name's Nitro. So, good God. Hiko, Skadoodle, Nitro. Whoever those other two they get, good God. <laughs> oh, man. If that if that ends up being a th- thing, Hunter Thieves Valorant is going to turn it around real quick. <laughs> and I kind of want that to happen as a, an overall fan of the Hunter Thieves organization. But uh, who knows if that'll actually happen or if Skadoodle will return to T1, which I honestly think that's what's going to happen. They might get rid of, like, food or crashies and bring in an actual IGL. Because they do need one. Like, that's been a big problem of theirs. Because the ridiculous raw talent can't really carry them anymore. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do. But as far as I know, it's going to be a while before the next uh, North American Valorant Tournament. Uh, let's see. Oh, Pulse Series is uh, Pulse Series is coming up next week. But uh, that has not had a uh, had a full field announced. TSM and Envy are going to be there. Sixteen teams total are going to be there. So uh, we'll see who the other twelve are going to be. Hopefully soon. I would assume there would probably be uh, a lot of them. <laughs> but that's that's the next uh, North American tournament. That's the only one currently on the schedule. But that's coming next week. It's only a $10,000 prize pool. So that one's probably not going to draw 
a whole lot because like pop flash was 50,000. <laughs> like the winner got more than that. The winner of pop flash got more than that entire prize pool. And so did envy who came in second. <laughs> the top two teams in pop flash both got more than the entire prize pool for pulse series. So that one's not going to be as big a tournament. I mean, TSM is going to be there. So Sentinels might be too, but, uh, we shall see. I mean, hopefully we'll still get some good stuff out of that one. Like it's still a tournament, even if it's got a, a smaller prize pool, but I can't wait for the big ones where you get into like the hundred thousand dollar multi hunt, several hundred thousand dollars, even reaching into, into the million range for Valorant prize pools. Cause I think that's going to happen. I don't think that's that far off. But Riot's always Riot's always prided themselves on their prize pools not being as big a deal. Because that's been a thing with TI for Dota. Where it's kind of overshadowed the tournament itself. The fact that the prize pool is so massive. When does that happen at Worlds? Never. <laughs> like... The only way Dota overcame that whole prize pool thing was with the ridiculous storyline that was OG. So, uh, maybe Riot won't have his big prize pools for, for Valorant, but I think with the fact that it's so, uh, sponsor friendly compared to CS, you're going to see some pretty crazy prize pools in this thing. But again, that's just one guy's opinion, but that's going to do it for Valorant. Up next, uh, Jonathan Holloway returns to uh, talk some college football, and we'll wrap up the show. That's up next here on The Mashup. And welcome back. Final segment of the show. We are talking some college football. And Jonathan's back to uh, talk about the, uh, the, the miracle that we're even going to have a college football season this year. Yeah, because uh, 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 like like late May, early June, when uh, when cases started spiking a little bit again, when uh, and we were getting a little worried that, oh, no, college football is not going to happen now. But here we are, beginning of September, a college football game has been played in the U.S., that it has central Arkansas versus Austin P <laughs> and like, I, I didn't actually watch this game cause I was, I was down the beach and there's not many TV options in that nineties time capsule nineties time capsule of a beach house <laughs> and there's no wifi. So like good luck doing anything. Yeah. But I saw on Twitter that the guys from Austin P have a, a turnover prop. Mm-hmm. It's a top hat. Oh my lord! It's a top hat with their logo on it, which is even weirder because their logo is wearing a top hat. It it was completely ridiculous, but so perfectly college football. And Central Ar- and Central Arkansas is just playing everybody. They're like, screw it, we'll take your. Every, all the other FCS teams want to cancel. We'll take your money. That's fine. <laughs> we'll take your money to get our butts handed to us. We will. We don't care. <laughs> like 
they're, they're going to be one of the few FCS programs that actually turn a profit this year because they're just playing everyone. I mean, I would if I was them, so. Oh, yeah, I would I would do the exact same thing. Like, if everyone wants to play, even if your conference decided not to, like, why not? Just play a bunch of buy games. Sure, you're going to go 0-12, but you're going to make, like, you're going to make, like, 20 million bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, it's perfect. But I am not at all surprised that this happened, that the Big Ten is planning to just straight up reverse course and have a season this year. That's what they should have done in the first place, but no. And if uh, if the reports I've seen are true, they will actually live up to their name this year. There will only be 10 teams playing. (laughs) Because... Maryland, Illinois, Northwestern, and Rutgers have basically already said if if the presidents re-vote and decide to start the season in October, we're not going to play. That's dumb. Yeah. Like, I don't know why. Like, this is a perfect opportunity for Maryland. Yes, it is. Like, if you get to go to Penn State and play at Penn State with a like 15% capacity Beaver stadium as opposed to that place packed out in Navy blue and white, just screaming at you and dancing to zombie nation. (laughs) Like why would you not take that opportunity? You'd probably still lose that game, but maybe not. Yeah. Oh, I hate that Maryland's not going to play this year. Like, I'm so sorry. This is a perfect opportunity for them because their schedule this year obviously includes all the powerhouses of the Big Ten because they're in the same division. So they have to play Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State every single year. Yeah, because they, they, they're morons. Oh, my God. They should have never left the ACC. No. No, they shouldn't have. Thanks a lot, Wallace. You're welcome. And Debbie. It's actually her fault because she bankrupted the athletic department. And I, I learned, I learned a couple years after the fact that, uh, like after I started at Liberty and everything that, that she got her master's at Liberty. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, Oh, great. Debbie Yao came from Debbie Yao came from there. That's, that's wonderful. (laughs) But I am not at all surprised that, the Big Ten is reversing course that Kevin Warren just refused to talk to the players, coaches, athletic directors, and parents, but he would talk to the president. I don't know enough about the situation. Oh, oh, right. Wait, who? Sorry. Like, like Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten, mm-hmm. uh, would not talk to players, coaches, ADs, players, parents, none of it. Like, wouldn't talk to any of them about the decision to uh, cancel the fall season. That's right. No, I remember. Sorry. I'm but, good he, now. but he decided to talk to the president about it. Who has yeah. no direct impact on what's going on. Nope. He, he didn't go to any of these Big Ten schools. Like, he has no direct connection to the Big Ten. He's not from that part of the country. Like, he's a moron. Yeah. Sorry. That was, sorry. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) But 
oh my god kevin warren goes and talks to the president and then he decides to change his mind like what in the world i (coughs) oh excuse me um i wish i had an answer for you my man but as we know people these days are just kind of stupid in general this dude is going to go down as the worst commissioner in the history of college sports because yes, I agree with that. Like he's going to get fired by the end of next season. We hope. And, and I thought Jim Delaney was bad. (laughs) Like I thought Jim Delaney was a complete idiot. He looks like Adam freaking silver compared to Kevin Warren. (laughs) like uh (laughs) and yeah and i used to um, i used to rag on john swafford the commissioner of the acc constantly i would love to have him back i i almost i am not gonna say that because that's not true but say i'd rather have uh manfred no i wouldn't um no i'd rather have kevin warren than manfred but it's close you you literally can't get worse than Rob Manfred. Manfred is the absolute worst, but Kevin Warren is a very close second. I don't understand some of the commissioners and stuff. But like, obviously, we're we're kids. Well, no, not really. We're young adults. Yeah, it's not like we really know. Um, yeah, but I'm I'm thinking as someone who, within the last eighteen months, has graduated college. Yes. And within the last, like, two years, was still in college. Yep. Most, and thankfully I wasn't in this situation, but if I was still a student in this situation, and I went to a school in the Big Ten, and most of the Big Ten colleges, I think 12 out of the 14, reopened for full in-person instruction in the fall semester. Yeah, and JMU's already, uh, and there's like so many people that have already been sent back. Yeah, like JMU just sent their back. Well, I'm I'm saying I'm saying just the Big Ten. Like, I haven't. Oh yeah, yeah, sorry. I haven't heard of I haven't heard any stories about outbreaks at Big Ten schools, like any of them. But neither. But still, the idea that normal students have to come back, but. It's not safe to play football because in that situation, you could probably get sued because that's like going above and beyond like reasonable. Yeah. I, I looked into that and honestly it was a good suit, I guess. I think that's the word I'm looking for. What the, uh, the Nebraska players. Yeah. uh, uh, Suing the big 10. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's part of what what changed their decision too because they realized wait, like oh my god, this could be this could actually be bad. And of course the NCAA does absolutely nothing. Like I don't the NCAA is the most incompetent organization in all of sports. I highly disagree. Which one? Which one's MLB. Worse? You think you think MLB? Yeah. I, yeah. 
I think the NCAA is the most consistently incompetent. MLB is much more recently incompetent. MLB's getting there. Yeah, I think I think they have surpassed the NCAA, but for the longest time, the NCAA was. Oh, I, I agree. I I agree with that one hundred percent. But recently, you cannot say it's anything other than MLB. Yeah, they had a chance. They had a chance to be the only sport on television for a solid two to three months. Yeah. And they squandered it entirely. Yep. They had a chance to get their revenues probably higher than they've ever been yep. when it comes to TV and that kind of stuff. And the owners and Manfred just wouldn't give the players what they rightfully wanted because, like, they're playing with more risk right now than a normal season. Oh, yeah. Like, way more risk. And everybody's calling the players selfish and all that stuff. No. No, they're not. No. The owners aren't the ones going to the stadiums every day. The owners aren't the ones in locker rooms every day. Like, no. The owners aren't taking any risk. No, none at all. And same thing with, like, college football. Like, the university presidents, how many of them do you want to bet are actually on on their campuses right now? Like, working in their offices on campus? Not many. Probably maybe two. Yeah. Maybe maybe two of them in, if we're talking just the Big Ten, so two out of 14. Yeah. I would say, I'd say that number's probably higher in the SEC because it's the South and they aren't afraid of anything. Well, obviously. But like in the Big Ten, I'd say it's maybe two, two of the 14 presidents of the Big Ten are working on campus right now. Oh, I'm sure. And I'm sure it's not any of the big schools. No, it's probably it's probably like Maryland and Penn State. Or Maryland and Rutgers. I'm about to say Penn State and... Mm. Maybe not Penn State. It's probably like Maryland and Rutgers. Because Maryland's president is... Like, just recently took the job over. So he probably is working on campus. But... Yeah. Anybody but, whose jobs are not on the line. Yeah. Like, they're... They're probably working on campus. And, like, that's the same thing. Like, the students had to come back. Now, I'm not saying I disagree with that decision. If I was still in school, I would have wanted to go back. I wouldn't have. Mm -mm, Not a chance. You couldn't have paid me. Really? No. Because it – here's my thought process. Oh, are you talking about as a student athlete or a regular student? Regular student. Okay. Not a chance in this world. Because you... all it takes is one case in my dorm. Yeah. And everyone's got it. Yeah. That's that's very fair. All it takes is one case in the dining hall. And everyone's got it. Yeah, that's that's very fair. Ain't no way in H E double hockey sticks I'm going back. Yeah, I'm I'm glad we didn't have to make that decision. <laughs> I, I it's an easy decision in my opinion. Like it's like people who are like, I'm not gonna get the COVID vaccine. I'm like, I'm not gonna get it right away. I think but you, like I think you would be stupid to get it right away. <laughs> I agree with that. But after a couple of months, if it's actually working 
there are more upsides to getting it than there are upsides to not getting it. And there's one major downside to not getting it. Yeah. So, like, I'm not going to get it right away. First round, heck no. Mm-mm. Ain't nothing on this planet you could make me do to get the first round. But if it's working, I'm going to go get the second round. Oh, yeah. Because it makes more sense. Yeah. you got to weigh your options. And I I want to... I want to go to college basketball games this year. Oh, 100%. Because I just I'm now closer to my other teams and my primary team is getting a shiny new venue that I want to see in person. Eh. <sighs> but yeah, I I I think it's because a lot of the stories I've seen, of, other than like the really bad ones, like at UNC and JMU some, had five hundred confirmed cases. Oof, yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot for they, JMU. They sent everyone home. That's that's. I'd say that's fair because that's probably what like that's like three percent, isn't it? Of like of like JMU's population, at least of students. Yeah. Yeah, that's. That's fair. Like, I saw Liberty had 30, which is like, okay, that's a number, but that's not a reason to freak out yet. That, that's a number Correct. to like, that's a number to keep an eye on, but that's not a number to freak out about just yet. Correct. Cause that's, I did the math. That's a, uh, that's like 0.2%. 500. 500. Yeah. That's, that's that's a little bit more more worrisome, but the fact that for the most part, other than a few like isolated schools that have a bit of a reputation for being party schools anyway, where this was kind of bound to happen, yeah, like everyone else has done a pretty good job. <laughs> like a lot of the SEC schools, whoever I thought would just completely crap the bed like they've all been doing a pretty good job oh 100 it's the acc and it's like the acc and a couple smaller schools who have been guilty of the biggest screw-ups but like we're actually gonna have college football this year it won't yeah state had to send people home too yeah unc and nc state both sent people home didn't they yeah um, I I will be shocked if there's any on-campus students left by the end of the year. I, I can Poss- see I can, possibly by the end of this month. I can see some schools holding out. I I don't know because there haven't been I haven't heard any reports of like major breakouts since everyone first started coming back to campus. Well, JMU. Yeah, JMU, but. I mean, it's jam. Yeah, what do you expect? <laughs> and they, uh, I didn't have to live in Virginia for very long to uh, to learn what their reputation was. Yeah, but now yeah, I'm, it's, it's I'm, interesting. I'm I'm a little more optimistic than you are. I think I think we are past like the concerning point of of everyone first getting back to campus. 
and you know people haven't seen their friends in six six seven months and everyone getting together again but now everyone's been back on campus for a couple weeks and i think they're mostly being smart about it i agree so i think i think you'll start to see reports of cases on campus slowly dwindling and we'll get a mostly successful if not a little less exciting at least as far as atmosphere goes college football season but i'm looking forward yeah. to it my number one well number number two now well, my, my one a one b my one a team is or one i don't know uh uva opens with tech so that'll be interesting yeah they're playing tech first jeez that's so weird yeah, with our fresh quarterback. Oh, that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting. And uh, thanks, uh God, that, that one thousand capacity limit in Virginia is so dumb. That's that's way too low. Yeah, but also I don't know. I'm not gonna get into that. I I don't know. I haven't looked into it enough to know or to answer the question right. So, yeah, that's that's the uh, that's the current capacity limit for for football games in in Virginia right now. So, the uh, the atmosphere of the Commonwealth Cup is going to be very muted compared to what it normally sounds like. Oh yeah, and it won't be for any- sure. And it won't be anywhere near as cold though. So, for the yeah, that's pe- a, that's the first. For the few thousand people who, for the thousand people who do get to go, like they won't be freezing <laughs> their butts off. Yeah, it's in uh, Blacksburg, so actually, probably be nice weather for that game. Yeah, my buddy, uh, one of my buddies goes to Tech, so I don't know if he's going to the game or not. He had season tickets, and he's super upset because it's a senior year, so he doesn't get the Penn State game. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, that sucks. So. He had he had bought season tickets and everything. Oh my god, that that's that's terrible. <laughs> it's awful. I feel so bad for him. Oh, I do too. That's that's terrible. But hey, at least at least we're getting something. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, like, like something is is still this ten game limited capacity. Maybe it won't finish season. Is still better than yeah. We're just not going to play at all, and you have to. Hope and pray we'll play basketball and wait for that. I agree. But I um, I, I think I have I do have way more hope for college basketball now though. Oh, definitely. Because it seems like they're just gonna learn from all of the mistakes football made. Yeah. Like they're talking about having bubble preseason tournaments. Like that's actually intelligent. Yeah. But we'll we'll get into that when we get closer to uh, college basketball season. But oh, for sure. That's all I've got for the show today. Hope y'all enjoyed. I'm I'm very glad to be back because I needed that vacation, but I miss doing this. But uh, yeah, hope y'all enjoyed the show. Hope y'all enjoy your weekend, and I will talk to you on Tuesday. See you then.